Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Formula One-on-One podcast. My name is Justin, and coming to you at 9 p.m. the night before we're going to release this is me and my co-host, Sashwat. Today, we're talking about two teams we are extremely excited for, AlphaTauri and mm-hmm. Alpine. Sashwat here is an AlphaTauri fan, so it should be pretty interesting Absolutely hearing. Absolutely, I am. Of course you are. It's not a good team, but hey, at least we have someone to support them. Anyways, as always, please rate us five stars on whatever listening platform you are using to listen to our podcast and enjoy the show. Feel free to send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Without further ado, Sashwat, how's it going? Justin, honestly, going pretty good. Um, you know, unfortunately, been under a little under the weather the last few days. Yeah. You know, this morning, okay. woke up feeling a little better, though. Um, you know, it was a pretty big week in Formula One. We got four car reveals slash livery reveals. Yeah, slash... a few, few cars on track was nice. Yes. Yeah, actually, AlphaTauri was one of them Yeah. Um, this past Monday. But Justin, you know, I'm doing well. How are you, man? Oh, man, Sashwat. <laughs> Uh, oh no. <laughs> um so let me let me run you through the past like 24 hours for me, right? Oh dear. All right. So first of all, I I'm home this weekend. I'm not recording from my apartment or from the library at the college I go to. I go to Temple in Philly, as you know. Maybe our viewers don't know, but Temple is a college in North Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. But I'm taking the train home this weekend. I get a text from my mom. She's like, "Hey, do you know what happened to your car?" I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, it's not working. And I was like, can you give oh, me good. more? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, can you give me more information? She was like, yeah, it's not working. Yeah. Call dad. So I call my dad. He's like, yeah, so I went to drive it yesterday because I realized we hadn't driven it in a while since obviously you've been to college. And I mainly mm-hmm. just use like uh, either, he either uses my sister's car or my mom's car. And because right. he has a work truck, so he, ne- he never really needs to uh, drive anywhere else. But he was like, okay. Let me use Justin's car since it hasn't been used in a while. He starts the car, tries to put it in reverse, and realizes that it goes down really easily. Like, there's no resistance at all. And he's like, hey, that's weird. And so then he realizes, hey, it's not going out of park. The transmission is not shifting. And apparently, (laughs) yeah, so there's a slight chance that my transmission is just completely gone. Um, We think it might just be the transmission cable, in which case that'd be an $80 fix. But if it is the entire transmission, then uh, there goes my car because the cost that it would be to yeah. repair it would be more than it would be more than just buying a new car in the first place. OK, so, you know, that's how that's how I started. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, Justin, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, first, I hope your car is only an $80. <laughs> I hope that's only the $80 fix that you mentioned. I really hope you don't have to toss your whole car. On the other front, I don't really have much advice for you, man. I just Let's 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 ditch the banter. Let's let's give the people what they're here for. Alpha Tauri and Alpine, <laughs> the two most by points middle of the pack teams of last season. The dictionary definition of mid. I mean, yeah, yeah. P5, P6, you know, four teams below, four teams above. Um, you know, I, I think we'll start with AlphaTauri, Justin. They were yeah. obviously P6 last year. Um, when it, when we look at the results, the results did not really translate into, <clears throat> excuse me, like what we saw on track, I guess. You know, obviously AlphaTauri last year and this upcoming year will have had Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda. Now, Pierre Gasly is very famous for his, let's say, consistent placings in qualifying on Saturdays. My P6 king, Pierre Gasly. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, when we look at those consistent placings, the results were not really on par with that. That's not to say they had a bad season. Unfortunately, AlphaTauri are the younger brother team of Red Bull, mm-hmm. your favorite team, Justin. They are but, my favorite um, team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. But, you know, AlphaTauri is always marketed as, quote-unquote, the sister team to Red Bull rather than the junior team that Taro Rosso was, you know, a few years ago. But when we look at, you know, the big highlights of last year for AlphaTauri, there are really only two of them, two races yeah. that really stood out. Abu Dhabi and which Baku. Which were yeah. Abu Dhabi and Baku. You know, Pierre Gasly got third place in Baku, and then 
in the final race of the season. Yuki Tsunoda ended up in fourth, and Pierre Gasly ended up in fifth. Which was interestingly Yuki's best result of the season. Which was it was kind of yeah. like a fluky P four, but like I said with the whole pole thing a few episodes ago, like a P four is a P four. Like you can't fault anyone. Like he still earned exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. You know and. I don't know how much more Red Bull are going to give AlphaTauri in terms of resource. I mean, Red Bull Racing or Oracle Red Bull Racing, as they are now, yeah. are going to be the the main focus of all of that funding, all of that money. But, you know, Justin, I, I guess we can start with the drivers for AlphaTauri. You know, Pierre Gasly, he is, I would say, pretty highly rated by most of the Formula One community. I think so, too. He is, he is kind of that that really good player on a you know mid-tier team if we want to think of it from like an american sports perspective he's kind of the i'm trying to think of like a good comparison to this like like what what would you say is like a good american sports comparison for pierre gasly in the context of f1 oh god i can't even think of one all i can think of is just like comeback player of the year award goes to pierre gasly yeah because obviously he had his like he was really down at Red Bull. Like, when I was watching races when he was with Red Bull, I was like, oh, my God, this is not the Pierre Gasly that I know and love. Like, it was actually astounding to me how poorly he performed there in comparison to, like, mm-hmm. how he does at AlphaTauri because yeah. they replaced him with Alex Albon. And, okay, in my eyes, I think Pierre Gasly is a better driver than Alex Albon. I agree. Um, But, obviously, they chose to replace him for a reason. But when you look at how well he's done at AlphaTauri – Either mm-hmm. A, AlphaTauri is a much better team than they were before, and I don't know, maybe it's just an easier car for Pierre to drive. Or B, Pierre Gasly, just like without the pressure of being a Red Bull driver, is much more comfortable. He's like in his element. I mean, like, he just way out, like he's the George Russell of the midfield. Uh, he just is a lot yeah, better than yeah. what his car suggests all the time. Mm-hmm. We We consistently see him in like, the upper half of the points, I feel like. Well, maybe not the upper half of the points, like, during the races. Like, he, he spends um, most of his races in the points, I believe. There's only, I don't know, I'd have to fact-check myself. Uh, he only had, mm-hmm. let's see, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He only had seven races out of 23 last year where he wasn't in the points, which is pretty impressive considering AlphaTauri is a midfield team, and it's not like Mercedes mm-hmm. Red Bulls where you're expecting to be in the points that often. Now, they're a midfield team that is – they're higher in the midfield than, say, Aston Martin or Williams, if you want to call them a midfield team now. But still, it's impressive how how often he was able to put that car in the points. And I I really hope that eventually he does get, like, a chance at another big seat because I think – I don't think his talent is being wasted at AlphaTauri, but I do think that he's Mm -hmm. proven that he is a lot better driver than he was, like, a few years ago when he was on Red Bull. Yeah, I, I think, Justin, I, I, I've thought of the answer to the question I posed to you. Okay. I think he is the Devin Booker, mm. but, like, from, like, a few seasons ago when the Suns were trash, an awful franchise. Wow. Now, obviously, the Suns are good, but I think Pierre Gasly is definitely the the front, the forefront of, you know, AlphaTauri. He is definitely 100% the face of that of that team. I think, I agree with you, I think he deserves a chance at another seat. I am of the opinion that he should not go back to Red Bull because I think that for the foreseeable future, Red Bull is Max Verstappen and friends. I don't think that it is going to be easy for anyone, whether that someone is Alex Albon, whether that someone is Checo Perez, whether it's Pierre Gasly, whether it's someone from F2, whoever it might be. I think that Red Bull seat is always going to be very difficult when Max Verstappen is your teammate, Christian Horner is your boss. However, I do think Pierre Gasly has kind of, like you said, found a niche for himself at AlphaTauri. He has, I would say, probably overperformed or outperformed the car, like you said, in a George Russell-esque way. I think, I don't know, I, I think he has done as well as he could have done. I mean, he won a race, Justin. He won a race two years ago in, in 2020 at Monza. Now, of course, that race was... You know, again, a little bit of luck, a little a bit of one is a P1. You win the race. A race win is a race win. You know, you have to make the right decisions. You have to take advantage of moments in F1 if you want those kinds of finishes. And he did it. I just don't know where in the Formula One grid he has a spot outside of AlphaTauri because the other teams, other top teams, are just so locked in with their plans long term now. You don't think that, like, 
maybe at the end of this season, if Checo doesn't perform well, they're like, hey, because Pierre Gasly's contracted by Red Bull until the end of 2023. So you don't think there's this slight possibility that, like, if Pierre Gasly does, like, really well, he finishes, like, I don't know, P6, P7, P8, somewhere in the championship with AlphaTauri, you don't think there's, like, even the slight chance that Red Bull would be like, hey, come take our second seat. I mean, I think there obviously is that chance just because he has that Red Bull contract, and he would be completely stupid not to take that chance. I think if that opportunity is there, you have to take it. Absolutely. Because Unless Red Bull miraculously his... makes, like, a bad car. Exactly. And in F1, when you get a chance, you have to take it. That is a recurring theme that we will talk about a lot in future episodes when we see random one-off race winners, that kind of stuff. But if he gets that chance, if for some reason Perez is not cutting it for Red Bull and AlphaTauri says, or Red Bull says, Pierre, come up, let's get this back on the, let's get this going again, he should 100% take that. And I think that is a very real opportunity. I think with what he's done at AlphaTauri over 2020 and 2021, he has earned that spot. Now, that also does say that there are a lot of drivers who have earned spots at high-performing or well-performing teams. Now, not everyone is going to get that chance just because of how competitive F1 is. But I guess this does also lead us to another question that until he gets that call-up to, you know, Red Bull, for example, we'll say just because he's contracted there, how much more can we really expect out of him until he's either A, given a better car, or B, AlphaTauri, maybe miraculously this year, have made a championship contending car? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's really just dependent on how fast the car is. We can't really say, like, oh, we, we should expect him to get, like, P7 every race, at least, because we don't really know how good the cars are yet. I'm excited. Preseason testing is very soon, you know. Yeah, yeah. Barcelona is uh, next week, actually. It is. And Bahrain is then the weekend before the first race. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But on, even with the preseason testing, you really can't know um, how well a car performs from that. I mean, last year, you saw in like the last few days, I don't know if you saw the Reddit post, where it was like, oh, wow, it looks like Alfa Romeo and Williams are going to be good this year. Uh, but yeah, those those aren't typically quality laps that teams are putting in. They're just testing many other areas of their car to see like how they're performing. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a great indicator of race pace or qualifying pace. But yeah. let's let's say all like all things are equal, right? Mercedes and Red Bull are at the top, Haas and mm-hmm. Alfa Romeo are at the bottom. Everything's the same as it was last year. I think Pierre Gasly puts the same performance up that he did last year, and he deserves the Red Bull seat because that is an incredible performance. Yeah, it's an incredible performance that he was able to. Mm -hmm. He was able to podium. He was able to win two years ago. He's consistently around like P six, P seven. That's a good result for AlphaTauri in terms of like how good their car has been in comparison Mm -hmm. to other people. And it's not like AlphaTauri's have like bad teammates. I mean, he was with uh, Daniel Kvyat for however long he was there and it's not like he was a bad driver i mean he drove for red bull at one point so you know he he's yeah. a pretty talented guy so it's not like yeah. he's been given a weak teammate and oh the teammate is dragging the car down it's just that i genuinely think pierre gasly is way faster than the car he is in and i'm hoping yeah. that alfatari give him a car that gives him the opportunity to maybe get a few podiums this year maybe like yeah. eke out another race win i mean monza t- dude that was so awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is, um, you know, that, that Drive to Survive episode is really, really, I think I think it's a really fun watch. You know, Drive to Survive has its own, uh, we'll say, takes a lot of creative license with yeah. how they frame things. You know, uh, I think, but I think that's also it's one of the fun good. things about it. People give so much shit to DTS if that's how, like, people get into the sport. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, we're going to have to put the explicit tag on this video. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a good way to get into F1. But as soon as you start mm-hmm. watching, you got to kind of learn right away how much uh, drama gets introduced as a result of the show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, did you ever see the TikTok of, like, that one dude who, like, was watching an episode of DTS and 
they i forget what oh and they like they showed like akon taking a podium but like it was the wrong race yeah or whatever. yeah they yeah, they showed yeah, him yeah. like crossing the line at bahrain but it was yeah yeah yeah. it was supposed to be like a completely different race uh so yes 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 i thought that was funny that they didn't know what footage they were using but that's besides the point um yeah so pierre gasly we just talked about for a pretty significant amount of time but we've been largely yeah. ignoring his <laughs> his little teammate <laughs> Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was trying yeah, to think his... of, like, a, a little quippy way to say it, but I was like, no, everything I say might, like, sound offensive, so I'm just going to call him little. Yeah. I love okay, Yuki, just though. one more point. Okay, okay. Yeah, one more point on Pierre Gasly. So he finished ninth last year in the Drivers' Championship standing. Who finished he above was... him, do you know? Eighth place was Daniel Ricciardo. Oh! How many points difference? Uh, five. Ooh, are you kidding me? Yes. Daniel Fraud. Yeah, Ricardo, Daniel Fraud Cardo, yes. dude. Yeah, yeah, one fifteen to one ten was the score. Give of Pierre, points. Okay, unironically, give Pierre Gasly the McLaren seat <laughs> with Lando. <laughs> yeah, kick Lando out too. Give the other one to Yuki. <laughs> swap. Just give them swap AlphaTauri and McLaren. Yeah. So so just going back onto that. So Pierre Gasly ninth place last year. You know. I think we can say within, like, a margin of race error to Daniel Ricciardo for eighth. Charles Leclerc was at 159, and he was only out of sixth for Charles Leclerc by one point. Lando Norris was 160. Charles Leclerc was 159. And how many did you say Gasly had? Gasly had 110. Dude, that is not bad. (laughs) So, you know, when we consider what four cars— or yeah, three cars technically, but four drivers. Do we think that Pierre Gasly should be in that band of six through nine again? Oh, absolutely. I, I would. Well, okay. okay. Again, depending on the car, but like if all things are equal, then yes, yeah. we should absolutely be expecting Pierre in that spot again. Okay. Yeah, I I think that he will. I I mean, I'm a big Pierre Gasly fan, so everything I say. Are you is, gonna watch? Are you gonna uh, watch his POVs? Are you gonna get F1 TV Pro? I probably will. Honestly. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, just for yeah, I'll at least try it out this season because I've heard very good things about it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the the ESPN uh, Plus feed that I use, which is just the Sky Sports feed, isn't always the best directed. I guess they miss a lot of important things. <laughs> but I, I think Lance Pierre Gasly Stroll. can at least finish. <laughs> oh no, what's happened? We need to know <laughs> as we see Lance Stroll. Oh jeez. Um, yeah, Justin, insert the audio clip there because that's a really funny audio clip. Okay. Is he ahead of Gasly? They're going to go wheel to wheel up Beau Rivage here. Sebastian Vettel and Pierre Gasly. Oh, what has happened? We need to know who's going to come out in front as we see Lance Stroll hitting the barrier and going over the curb one more time. I think that Pierre Gasly should finish probably 7th or 8th again if cars are equal. Oh my or... gosh. If he finishes ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, I will actually cry tears of joy that might be like the best thing ever uh for people who don't know me and sasha are avid daniel ricardo haters okay daniel ricardo more like daniel mid cardo more like daniel fraud cardo yeah we don't we don't like ricardo we'll talk talk about him we'll talk about him more next week in the McLaren ferrari episode yeah that will be a very deep dive episode Oh, it absolutely but will be. Justin, but we should get back on track. Yes, yes. Back to Yuki Sonoda. So, obviously a rookie last year, one of three rookies we had on the field in 2021. He is obviously not a rookie anymore. He had one, He has now one season under his belt. Justin, I think we can say that it was pretty inconsistent, kind of a hit-or-miss season for Yuki. I think it was the first two-thirds of the season were not the best for him. He only, had he, seven, got, he only had seven... Uh, places in the points out of all the races. Yeah, not very he, good. He he finished fourteenth in the driver standings last year. So he is that was the just farthest below... between p- between teammates? Ninth and fourteenth. Um, yes, I believe so. Wow. Um, yeah, Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. Yeah, so that yeah, that is the yeah nine yeah five spaces is the biggest. Wow. Yeah, I think the second biggest is actually Max and Checo, first and fourth. Interesting. Yeah. But still, that's a pretty huge gap. And we know Pierre Gasly is very talented, but still, 14th is pretty awful for, you know, you have 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 
that's yeah. six cars. So you expect the bottom three teams to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Uh, any of the other four teams, Williams, uh, Aston Martin, Haas, or Alfa Romeo, you expect it to be filled up with theirs. You don't want to see yeah. an Alfa Tari that low, especially when you see Pierre Gasly in the top half of the grid. Yeah, yeah. And in fairness to Yuki, he was 14th, Lance Stroll was in 13th, and Stroll only had two more points than him. So, you know, again, margin yeah. of error, but still, 13th, 14th, when your teammate is driving, out driving the car into ninth place, I think is not where you want to be. Not exactly, no. You know, but, you know, I think Yuki Sonoda, he did kind of find his groove. He found his rhythm in the last third. The last, I think it was like five really? races of the season. In he, the last five races of the season, he DNF'd, was out of the points three times, and then just yeah. was good at Abu Dhabi. That I don't think he was good in the final third. I think he was good in the final race. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a Yuki apologist right now because of my Alpha Tari phantom. Maybe that's what's going on. Justin, I want to be really optimistic about him. One, because I think he's a really funny, like, off-the-grid personality. He's a great personality, yeah. He's he's always, like... Like, people always make a joke that, like, Pierre is his dad and Yuki is, like, the child. Oh, um, like, like, like Pierre is Yuki's son. And, you know, it, there was a really funny moment. I don't know what race it was at, where they were doing driver interviews in the paddock. I think it was, like, Ziggo Sport. I think they're, like, the Dutch news outlet that covers a lot of F1. And they had, like, the cameras obviously oriented for a certain height of driver. And then Yuki shows up, and they have to pan the camera down to him. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, like Star Wars after the, uh, like, opening crawl. Like, they just panned it down to him. It was, it was really funny. Yeah. But, Justin, I wrote this in the notes doc. So, Yuki Tsunoda, I think we can both agree, had an inconsistent 2021. Do we think he can find maybe a Pierre Gasly from Wish kind of consistency <laughs> in 2022. Is that, do you think that's a reasonable target for him? I hope so. I just think he needs to not be super inconsistent. We talk about consistency so much, but wow, when you're in a midfield car that has the ability to score this many points, you should not be only scoring points in seven out of what, 21, 22, 23 races, 23? Yeah, 23 races when you're, yeah teammate is scoring like nearly every single race it's pretty sad and even when he does score i mean one of them was a p9 one of them was a p10 uh what else was there There there's another p9 like still even half of his points finishes are only one or two points he just happened Mm -hmm. to get a few random good results here and there that that ended up boosting his point total and i know you want to be optimistic on yuki but man that is a bad showing for your first year yeah and my one concern with this is that we know how, I think harsh maybe is the right word, or how how strict or how strong the, or how high the expectations are when you drive for a Red Bull seat. Like, let's let's be very honest. The AlphaTauri seat is a Red Bull seat, like a Red Bull B team seat. It is. So, especially when you have someone like Helmut Marco and... To be very fair, Christian Horner looking at that team and saying, is this reasonable talent for the future that we can match up with Max in coming years? They obviously want very promising, very strong talent that can deliver consistently. Well, at the end of the day, Red Bull still is going to want to win the Constructors. Exactly. Exactly. Yuki Tsunoda just was not that. Is that something that the team can tolerate, want to tolerate? How do you think that is going to look in terms of what Yuki Tsunoda should be doing for an individually successful season? For an individually successful season, Mans needs to score points as often as his teammate. You should not be in P14 in a car that is apparently capable of competing with McLaren. Like, sure, Daniel Ricciardo didn't have the best of seasons, but if Pierre Gasly was able to keep up with him, sure, Mm -hmm. it was his rookie season. Okay, we can't expect him to be as good as Pierre Gasly right away. Yeah. But we should expect him to at least put it into P7 a few more times. P7 is reasonable for AlphaTauri every mm-hmm. race. Not every race, but like every now and then. It's kind of disheartening to see the potential that a team has being dragged down by one person. I mean, how many points behind Alpine did they finish? They were only like 13 points behind. Do you realize yeah, if, you, so. if Yuki just like snagged one or two... like? a few more P7s, P8s, instead of DNFing, getting 10th, 
getting P11. Mm-hmm. It could have boosted AlphaTauri up to um, fifth fifth place. AlphaTauri finished in sixth, and Alpine finished in fifth. So yeah, they could have yeah. gotten P5. But look at us. Look where we are below Alpine. So yeah. I think what Yuki Tsunoda needs to do is drive his car into the points more often. And obviously that's like the lamest advice ever. Like, oh, drive your car <laughs> faster and beat other people. But yeah. it's not irrelevant because when you, when we know, like as viewers, that the car can go that fast, it's like you are one of the tw- uh, supposed to be one of the 20 best drivers in the world. Mm-hmm. figure out a way to get it in there. It doesn't matter what you have to do because we know the car can get in there. So put it yeah. there. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a good wrap up on the drivers that this team has going yeah. into 2022. Justin, you're going to get sick of me asking you this question or you asking <laughs> me this can question. I, can I just guess what it is? Of course. What Justin. does a successful season look like for AlphaTauri, Sashwat? Bingo. Justin, P6 <laughs> last year, margin of p6 was 13 points they were a mile away they were 120 points alpine was then 120 points away from mclaren for fourth place where do we say again answer the question what is a successful se- what is a successful season for alphatari okay so here's my thing last week we both said aston martin is going to finish p5 exactly I almost want to change it because I don't think that we're going to see AlphaTauri competing with the likes of McLaren or Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Again, said it like four times already. Don't know how the cars perform yet. But all things saying the same, let's say I don't see AlphaTauri competing with those teams again. Yeah. If they do, great. But if they don't, I do want to see them be able to beat a team like Alpine. And we know Alpine, we've, Alpine has a lot of rumors about them right now, so yeah. I have no idea where they're going to place. They they could yeah. be the Constructors champion or the worse than Haas next year. Yeah. So I have no idea how to even, like, I can't wait to talk about them because I have no idea mm-hmm. what they're going to be doing. But I want to see, I, I don't know, P5? I said Aston Martin P5, but sure, maybe I'll... Maybe we'll do an actual yeah. official season's prediction and give our final results after all we talk. But I, I just want to see him get higher than P6 this year. And, and P6 isn't entirely possible because we know if Yuki can put that car in the points, then they will easily have enough points to yeah. pass Alpine, all, like all things yeah. staying the same. Yeah, yeah I, I think this is the the banking on Yuki Sonoda season. I think we know what Pierre Gasly, again, caveat of what the car looks like or how the car performs we know what Pierre Gasly can deliver, what he has delivered, and what he most likely will be delivering this season. Is Yuki going to improve enough to basically make them a contender for that P5 slot consistently? Or he are could his be. results going to be... I, I hope he is, but... Or is he going to be random? I think that's what it hinges on. Yeah. You know, Justin, I, th- I think another important thing that AlphaTauri maybe need to improve on is taking advantage of moments in F1 where things get chaotic and two people, two cars at the front of the grid end up crashing or bumping into each other and there's like a mess. We saw this in Hungary, Justin. We're going to talk about it with Alpine, but I have to touch on it here. We saw Esteban Ocon win an F1 race in an Alpine because Valtteri Bottas decided he wanted to go bowling in Hungary on the straight on lap one. You know, why do you, do you think AlphaTauri needs to learn, not learn, but needs to improve at like I adapting don't on the fly? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I just feel like they could have capitalized on a lot more of, yeah, not to but say, like how? Hungary, but I don't know. I, I just feel like. Those are things that there are impossible are... to predict. I don't think there's know, anything know, they could have done to like make give themselves a more advantageous position as a result mm-hmm. of like a stoppage of the race or something. So I I don't yeah. think that's a fair critique to be like, hey, why didn't AlphaTauri win the race when this got red flagged? Like that's mostly luck of the draw for where whatever position you're in at that time, when mm-hmm. the race is stopped, where it stopped, when the race is going to start again. So it's it's a bunch of uncontrollable elements. So it's not something that we can really fault yeah. AlphaTauri for. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think you know AlphaTauri. I I think they could have been P five last year, Justin. Yeah, we we know was, they could have been P five. Yuki was yeah. good. Yeah, I think that. 
I think AlphaTauri get better than they were. I hope so too. Last year or in 2021. Now the question is how do teams around them perform? And I think that is a good segue into Alpine. Alpine. Justin, Alpine, I was surprised when I was looking back at their season for a team that I really did not think of much outside of like the meme or like the lankiness of Esteban Ocon, they had a fair amount of things go their way. They obviously won a race in Hungary. They had two cars in the top five that race. Ocon won the race and Alonso got P4. We saw the second best defending of the season in that race. Yes. Second best. Yeah. I mean, you know, people will joke about, oh, Lewis Hamilton said it was dangerous driving, uh, this and that. Guys, it's it's just things that get said. It was great defense from Alonso. I think it was absurd. People take things that are said on race radios way too seriously. Like, yeah. I don't think people understand how much adrenaline people have pumping through them. They are exactly. just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Like, yeah. it may not be the most sensible thing in the world when yeah. you're sitting on your couch eating your breakfast or, I don't know, eating whatever meal you are in whatever During country. the race, like, yeah. I don't know. We're, we're EST, so our races are at, like, 8 in the morning, so it's pretty yeah. rough. But... Uh, besides that, though, yeah, they had a like surprisingly amount of good results. There was what the Qatar P three, the Saudi P four, and you just mentioned Hungary. Like those are three very good races for a team that yeah. was not expected to be. Like there are no Red Bull, no Mercedes, no McLaren, yeah. no Ferrari. They were Alpine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's just like crazy that for a team that like had these positive results. The fact that they were 120 points short of McLaren for P4 and the constructors, I was a little, I don't want to say shocked, but I was like a little taken aback by that. I was i was thinking, wow, I thought the gap was a lot closer because I thought Alpine, all things considered, had a good year. I mean, they were not always the most relevant team. They weren't always the coolest team. You know, Fernando Alonso, two-time world driver's champion, Esteban Alcon, I think is a really good driver. I think he has improved over the years. You know, Justin, what can we expect just from the drivers, honestly? Because I, I'm I surprised know. Fernando Alonso's like still going. Man's is still yeah. just beast moding. Well, how long is Ocon's contract? Do you know? I I based on a brief Google search, 2020, <laughs> until 2024. So I believe that is through the 2023 season. Now, Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the the Twitter meme lord here for a second justin do you know who else's contract ends in 2023 a certain sir lewis hamilton now justin do you know who happens to be esteban ocon's agent who is esteban ocon's agent toto wolf now justin do you know what team toto wolf manages that lewis hamilton might drive for (laughs) no sasha no that is so not right. Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael. No, no, Michael. <laughs> but, Justin, what what do we want from Akon this year? Like, Carr, assuming it, equally, what do we want from him? It's not like we can expect him to win a race again. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Nine Friends One Formula. We got a few people from our Formula One friend group. A bunch of us were pals in high school. We got together, watched the hung. Hungarian Grand Prix last year, and it was awesome because yeah. Ocon ended up winning, which was not expected. You know, we were expecting another Hamverbot, but it was still yeah. exciting to uh, you know watch the race with friends. But then we got easily, I'd say, one of the top five races of the year, at least in yeah. terms of entertainment value. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always fun when someone unexpected wins a race. I mean, obviously, bowling ball Botas and bowling ball stroll aside, it was a fun yeah. race, I think. Alonso and defending... The Hamilton, he the way he worked his way through the field up until Alonso, mm-hmm. Ocon winning. I think it was a great race. But back to what you're saying about Ocon in this empty Mercedes seat, Sasha, it is too early to tell. <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I agree. And Lewis Hamilton is going to be racing in that car until he wins his next world championship, so he can yeah. have the most, which is fair but i always see lots of stuff about like lando norris moving to mercedes if mclaren doesn't have a good enough well if mclaren doesn't have a good enough car then he i i would see him leaving for mercedes because he has easily the capabilities to win wdc i swear we just talked about this i know but he he has he has an opt-out clause oh he does okay most most drivers do i think 
I was re- okay. To be fair, okay, guys, I'm not gonna editors note myself, but I'm just saying this in advance. I did just like the only place I've ever heard this is like one motorsport article that like I just happened <laughs> to be reading that was like, yeah, most drivers have an opt out clause if like their team isn't performing well and another team wants to like contact them. I don't really know how that works or if that's like 100% true, but anyways, back to the topic, Esteban yeah. Ocon. I just think we need to see how well he performs this year. We obviously know he has the capability to win a race now. And mm-hmm. it's not like that was any cheap win. I mean, he had to hold off Carlos Sainz. Like, those final few laps yeah. were were deadly, dude. Like, I, yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. We we thought that, like, Sainz could have still won it easily. Gasly was right behind. Or was the, the, the it thing Stroll? It was, I forget. It wasn't even Sainz. It was Sebastian Vettel and the Aston Martin behind him the whole race. Vettel got P2 that race, and then they disqualified him for the fuel thing. Oh, right, right. I I was thinking of, um, fuck, what was it, Monza? What races? Like, that, the that one Pierre, Pierre Gasly. Pierre yeah, Gasly yeah, had to was... hold off McLaren science, yeah. Oh, yes, okay. I don't know how I mixed that up. Sorry. But Too many races that, in my head. The fact that Esteban Ocon, with Sebastian Vettel and an Aston Martin behind him, was able to hold... And let's be honest, that incident happened on lap one of the race. There was a safety car for a bit. I'd say for at least 85% of the race, Ocon was just cruising around, like banking in lap after lap after lap after lap, just holding on to his lead. And I think it was a great drive out of him. We saw in 2020 he had some... He had a, I think he had a podium in 2020 as well, didn't he? I, th- I think in that Renault car alongside Daniel Ricciardo. In what year? Was 2020, wasn't it? at Sakir or Bahrain, I think. Oh, it was the race that um, Sergio Perez won. I think it was uh, Perez... Ocon and then Stroll on the podium. I think it was a racing point double podium. But I I don't know. I, I think we can expect some good things from yeah, Esteban Ocon. Ocon got P2 secure 2020. Good. Wow. Good memory. Yeah. Dude, I can't remember anything more than like the past season. And then I start mixing stuff up, <laughs> stuff up which is embarrassing. But good thing, good thing you remember the stuff from before you even started watching, dude. <laughs> but... You know, I, I think we can expect good things from Esteban Ocon. I think he is the consistency in this team. And that's really weird to say because his partner is a two-time world champion. Justin, it's not like Alonso it, was inconsistent, was he? No, no, no. They finished 10th and 11th in the Drivers' Championship. They were, like, very close to each other, you know. Um, yeah, Fernando Alonso, P10. Esteban Ocon, P11. Alonso, 81 points. Ocon, 74 points. So, oh, yeah, good you know, showing from both of them. Justin, I, I think we have to talk about Fernando Alonso. El Plan. The meme of El Plan, El Plan, El Plan. He obviously retired after the 2018 season, took 2019, 2020 off, came back in 2021, said, hey, I want to race again. They threw him right back in the car. All things considered, he had a pretty good year. Justin, El Plan, whatever that is, well, we're going to find out. It's how interesting does this shake that. Shake out for him. Yeah. It's interesting that that meme started like at near nearing the end of the the most recent season. But then, I don't know if you remember or reading a lot of news in the offseason, but uh, Mercedes and Alpine were, like, in this one article together that blew up pretty big, and it was like, oh, yeah, mm. Mercedes and Alpine both found, like, a big loophole or, like, a big mm. thing yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. the 2022 car. And so immediately people started, like, spamming Oplan, Oplan, Oplan. Because, because they are like, oh, my gosh. It's finally happening. Fernando Alonso is going to like be the next WDC. But I think that's one of the most interesting things about Alpine. If they actually did find something that other teams are not able to find and they're like in a top tier car, first of all, yeah. that would be super dope because Ocon and Alonso are both very entertaining racers. Alonso is both amazing overtaker and, as we know, an insane defender. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, that was the most fun I've ever had watching a car not pass another car. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, Fernando Alonso. This do you, this could possibly be the end of his career because this is the last year of his contract, as you have in the yeah. show notes. Thank you for looking that up. Oh, shout, guys! Yeah. Quick shout out to Sashwa. I literally did not help him <laughs> with the show notes at all this week. So it's okay, Justin. You're you, you were a little busy with your car's transmission. Not yeah, yeah. With my car's transmission. Yeah, that was the only that was the only issue I had this weekend. Anyways, <laughs> continuing continuing on. Um. Sashwat, I, we're both, we're both STEM majors. Yes. I promise this is going to connect to Formula One. Okay. How do you feel about Alpine's new crypto partner? 
Justin. Oh, how do you feel about Pierre Gasly's NFTs? Okay, Justin. This is going to be one of, I'm sure, what is going to be one of my many rants against cryptocurrency and all of that, <laughs> that, that, that whole space, okay? I love Pierre Gasly, okay? He is my favorite driver on the grid. I love AlphaTauri. But the fact that he released NFTs, I, I'm sorry. I just think NFTs are really, really stupid. I don't understand them. I think they're worthless. They're literally just like, like, oh, like, what if I, what am I gonna do? Screenshot them? I could just go online and find those Pierre Gasly NFTs. Screenshot, boom, I have the picture now. Like, what? Also, I've seen those NFTs. They're like, it's like basically pictures of him like winning the race at Monza, and like they're pretty cool pictures. But like, why are they being made into an NFT? In any case, I don't know if listeners, you guys have seen this, but Alpine and I think it was Binance basically partnered and launched this fan token crypto thing where one like Alpine coin, I think it's called, or like one Alpine token is one United States dollar. The most you can buy at one time is like $10,000 worth of Alpine coin. I think the total cap is 4 million Alpine coin. I don't know what that market looks like. I think it's really, really dumb. I hate that crypto is like such a influential thing. You know, it's great for the people who run the businesses, I guess. You know, shout out them for running successful businesses. I just think crypto is really stupid. Like, Justin, I am never going to call it the crypto.com arena in Los Angeles. It is the Staples Center, please. Like, (laughs) that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, Mercedes has a crypto sponsor, FTX. Red Bull now has one on their front wing. I don't know if you saw that, Justin, the new Red Bull livery with, like, the buy bit thing yeah, on top of I Red Bull. The, the front wing looks horrendous now. Like, it's, it's okay. actually disgusting. This isn't a crypto podcast, so we don't need to get yeah. too worried about it. But I just think it's stupid, but, you know, whatever. Let's just get back to all So what do you, what I, I don't do you want to see from Fernando Alonso then? I just want to see just, more awesome. Like, I feel like yeah. you get sick moments with him. Like, he, maybe he's not going to win a yeah. race, but... You're almost guaranteed to get some, like, really cool moment with him throughout the season. Yeah, I think he is going to be, I don't want to say highlight machine, but he's going to, let me put it this way. If you have to pick between Ocon and Alonso to give you a highlight real moment, something that F1 is going to post on their Twitter, it's probably going to be Alonso. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the experience, the way he drives, the way he knows how to drive, the way he knows people. Fernando Alonso was Lewis Hamilton's first teammate in F1. People forget that a lot. You know, Lewis Hamilton did beat him that year. I know it's a very sore subject for a lot of Alonso fans, a lot of F1 old heads. But Fernando Alonso has been in this grid for what is kind of this, like, modern period where, like, People like Vettel, people like Rosberg, people like Hamilton, Massa, they were in their primes, they were driving, they were getting into F1. Alonso has been there, seen all of it, Raikkonen even. Alonso is just that mainstay. He's that nice household name, as we say a lot in American sports, you know? We love Fernando Alonso. He's great. He is interestingly also a huge Max Verstappen fan for some reason. <laughs> People say this is like a conspiracy because he's still upset that Lewis Hamilton beat him in 2007 in driver's points. I think that's completely stupid. I just think wait, he wait, likes Max I Verstappen. like that theory because at Abu Dhabi last year when they were ans- asking everyone like who's gonna who's gonna win, a lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. wouldn't answer. But Fernando Alonso mm-hmm. straight away was like Max, Max. Yeah, no, it was really funny. I I don't know if you saw like. Justin, I know we were, well, not watching it together, but we were, like, texting back and forth during the Saudi Arabian qualifying, and we saw Max go purple sector one, purple oh, sector two, no. and then, they, then I, I think it was after the race or after qualifying, they released a video of Fernando Alonso watching it while he was getting interviewed, and it's an absolute, it's so funny to watch that, and, like, heartbreaking that, you know, as much as I really love that Lewis Hamilton won that race everything went well for him but it was just so sad seeing you know max verstappen going fastest in sector one fastest in sector two probably was going to take that pole position definitely like was going to take that tense. yeah he was going really fast and then it just ended like that i don't know i think it's really endearing to see how much max verstappen is loved by fernando alonso you know maybe fernando alonso sees him as like 
the the apprentice who got the job done that Fernando never could. I don't know. <laughs> what you a, know, Max. What an interesting take to have about Fernando Alonso. <laughs> no, really? I, mean, I, I I like Fernando Alonso. I think he is you know one of the legends of F one, two time World Drivers Champion. He deserves all the respect in the world. I don't think there's anything really negative we can say about him, his career, Mm -hmm. even the 2021 he had. And honestly, what we can expect from him in 2022, I think he is a great driver. Things will be fine for him. I think Alpine are a safe bet to be in P5, P6 again. I know we're saying like four teams are going to be in P5, which is like annoying and stupid. Here's my thing. I have no idea where Alpine is going to end. All these other teams, I'm like, oh, I have a feeling I could get every single team within one place. Like, that's how confident I am. Yeah. I feel like I could get every single team within one place, like, plus or minus. But with Alpine, I genuinely, because of that one article that came out, I do not know where they're going to end for the season. They could end P2, for all I know. They could end P9. I do not know where to place them, so I don't even want to give a, a prediction for where I think they're going to yeah. finish because I feel like that's going to be the farthest off, no matter what I choose. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, that article where everyone says, like, oh, El Plan, El Plan, Alpine found something. I have seen, you know, articles saying Alpine is doing well. I've seen articles saying Alpine have, like, engine power and reliability issues with, you know, obviously, for those of you who don't know the intricacies of the F1 engines, four teams make their own engines, and the other six teams buy their engines from one of the uh, from one of those four. Alpine is the only team that makes its own engine and doesn't sell to anyone else, or no one else has bought their engine. It's the Renault engine. Alpine is just the F1 slash racing slash sports division of Renault. What they expect from that engine, I have no idea. They're saying it's like fuel issues. They're saying it's actual engine output power. Justin, like you said, there's like a lot of inconsistency, a lot of rumor, a lot of, you know, what is going on with Alpine. Like, you know, is this something we're going to find out about in Drive to Survive maybe, Justin? I don't know. <laughs> like, Probably not. Like, They're not really the best journalists that exist, so. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Justin, again, I'm just going to sound like a broken record here. What does a successful oh, season look like What's a successful like season look like for Alpine? I don't, I don't yeah. know, Sashwa. I don't care. Alpine is a... Yeah. I don't care about Alpine. Sorry. Sorry, listeners, if They're you're an boring. Alpine fan. They're boring. They're boring. Like, okay, okay, Alpha Tart. Okay, fan of Red Bull B. I, no, but, like, at least, like, Pierre Gasly is, like, I, I don't know. I guess he's trendy or something. Like, I don't know. I just, I want to like here's, Alpine. Here's they're, they're what, like, they're what it's like in my they're, head. They're Esteban bad. Ocon is, like, a consistent person who's good at yes. what he does. And so you can yes. see him staying in F1 for a while. But he's not a big personality, so you don't get attached yes, to him. Exactly. Fernando Alonso is, like, the guy that... You know, you loved him, but now you just want him to retire, but he won't do yeah. it. So that's exactly. why I, like, I don't know. I don't care about Alpine. I'm probably never going to tune into an Alpine POV this yeah. this season unless they somehow are, like, championship contenders. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, okay, so Justin, when we look at the gap in points, so Alpine was 120 points behind McLaren for P4. I think a successful season is simply shrinking that gap. I don't think okay. I don't think they're going to be a t- I don't think a top 4 team. I don't think they're a top 4 team. Even at best. I don't think in even my, the in the In my whole head there's no way thing. top yeah, in my head there's no way the top 4 is anything other than Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari. I just yeah, don't see that, it. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. I would like AlphaTauri yeah. to be in there. That actually be pretty dope. As I would really like that, but I I just I have to be realistic at some point that's not going to happen. Yeah. If it does that'd be yeah. cool though, so we'll see. We'll exactly. see. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Justin, I guess one last thing to touch on. Alpine scored points in 20 out of 22 races last year. That is incredible. For a midfield like, team, yeah. Yeah. Do you do do you think they can match that level of consistency? I hope so. That'd be cool. Again, depends on the car. But we know both their yeah. drivers are insane. Like, dictionary definition of consistent. They placed within five points of each other. Like, yeah. the standard deviation, I was looking at, like, some, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> the standard deviation of, like, all their finishes was, like, the lowest mm-hmm. among all the midfield teams because, yeah. obviously, like, Hamilton's, Verstappen's, they were, like, Baltas, Perez, they were always mm-hmm. in P1 through 4. But, like, 
midfield teams, it's a lot more like fluid and dynamic. And mm-hmm. it's really, I feel like almost more exciting because there's the chance they could hit a P3 or they could end the race in P15. And you don't really know. Yeah. But Alpine was out of AlphaTauri, Alpine, uh, McLaren, and Aston Martin, I believe. They were like the statistically most consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. Simultaneously, they're such, like, a an interesting team, but also such a boring team. Like, I don't know. I hope they become exciting, because F1 is better when all the teams are exciting and things are fun. Justin, I think that's all I have on these teams. Do you have anything else, any fun banter, anything else we want to discuss about these teams? No, um, I... lies in stock? I don't think so. I think this was, like, a relatively fun episode. I like talking about Avatar, and, like, you know, we kind of memed a lot with Alpine, but, again, there's not yeah, too much that I really know so what to much, yeah. yeah. There's not a lot to go on with Alpine, guys. I think, you know, a lot is going to depend on, you know, what their car looks like. Alpine is one of the only people or only teams that haven't released their car yet. We have eight out of ten cars revealed. One of them is Alfa Romeo, and one of them is Alpine. Alpine is, I think, Justin, I want to say they're actually on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, no we're idea. recording this on Saturday, the 19th of February. <laughs> yeah, it but, is currently 10.07 p.m. <laughs> you know, but... And Alfa Romeo aren't even revealing, quote-unquote, their car a- until after the Barcelona preseason test. So just think about how stupid that is. But I don't know, Justin, I think we're just going to have to wait until Barcelona or even Bahrain to see, like what this car is looking yeah. like, what this car is driving like. I just think there's a lot of questions with Alpine, but I think there are a lot of interesting thoughts that we have shared here with the listeners. I so, think so, Justin, if you don't mind, I'll wrap it up. Go for and it. And guys, as always, if you liked what you heard this week, please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review if you can, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps out the show. Please stay in touch with us on social media at F1 on one pod. That's the number one both times. That's on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Guys, next week is going to be a great, great, great episode. McLaren and Ferrari, probably one of the more entertaining episodes we're going to have. A lot of thoughts to be shared. Daniel Fraud Cardo, Daniel Mid Cardo, the future of Lando Norris, the potential of Lando Norris. Is Carlos Sainz really better than Charles Leclerc, or was last year just a fluke? A lot of things coming up next week, guys. Have a great week, and see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.